Mercury so Retrograde. Not the name of a cool as hell Pacific Rim fighting robot, but the name of the smell in Alice's room. <laughs> I, I've revealed today that I've become a scented candles girly, and Nate is appalled. Let me just count how I'm many. I'm bullying her because I'm jealous. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There are eleven on my desk of different what? scents currently. But that's like an or- a stench orchestra. Do you expect to get some kind of nasal harmony? I've not lit them all. I'm not a maniac. They're not all going at once. But have you have you tried like scented candle alchemy, where you light multiple ones at the same time and see if you can? No, them maybe into I an should. Acceptable smell. Yes, like a Gatling gun for the sinuses. They're expensive though. I'd be burning quite a lot of money if I burned two at once. Do you know? Oh yeah. Are these Yankee candles? No, no, that. <laughs> No, jeez. Um, they're they're all like different from different places. I've been trying out different ones, um, and they all because they're, they're all you know they're from like independent sellers, so they're all called yeah Mercury Retrograde, Starry Night, Hug in a Jar. Hug in a Jar is very nice actually. It's vanilla. Big Grossler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what would Big Grossler smell of? Like roasting meat and like oil preservatives. <laughs> You should do like some orc themed scented candles, though. Listener to this season three, episode six of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast. I'm reasonably sure it's episode six. I don't know why every week I'm like, I don't know how long we've been doing this. The small numbers are the toughest, the scrappy. I know, yeah. Um, The (laughs) scrappy. Um, This is Rock Paper Shocker's PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, which is that of Alice Bell. I'm joined this week by James Archer. Hello, James. Hello. And Nate Crowley. Hello, Nate. A.K.A. the Grosler. Oh, no. It's another <laughs> persona for you. Well, that's as far as that one's got, so you're probably safe now. Good morning. Morning. What's that movie where um, Magneto has got loads of... Not Magneto. It's young <laughs> Professor X has got loads of personalities and he goes beast mode. Is that you? Oh, Split. Yeah. What is that in the X Men canon, or are you talking about James McAvoy? Yeah, no, that'd be good if it was James McAvoy talking to himself for like two hours, and he does different voices when he's being like a lady and a child and stuff. It's a ridiculous movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, because because he works in a zoo or something, he's like internalized all the beasts in the zoo, so he goes literal what? beast mode. Yeah, that's like. A personality that's like all of the animals or something. Is this the gritty reboot of Honey, We Bought a Zoo? Is that even a film? That is a film, right? Yes. Uh, we we Bought a Zoo. Oh, I'm thinking of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Shrunk the Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> honey, I Internalized the <laughs> Zoo. <laughs> and if that isn't a brilliant name for a magical realism anthology, I don't know what is. <laughs> No, I'm just thinking, honey, I have become death. (laughs) (laughs) Such a shame that franchise didn't expand (laughs) as far as it deserved. Rick Moranis doing like a kind of mugging horror look just past the top of the camera with a big mushroom cloud behind him. Uh, I mean, that's still at the end of Little Shop of Horrors, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about today? I can't even remember. Skull and Bones. Delays. Yeah. There you go. How's that for a segue, you fuckers? Yo-ho. 
the goo. It's been in development for years. It has been in development for years. Do you know how many years? Uh, no, they didn't teach us that in the shanty. Do you know how many years Skull and Bones has been in development, James? Is it nine or ten? I, I think it's nine, yeah. Because if we look well, we're, I'm, I've got a tag it, page. It started as a, I, I think it started as a um, Assassin's Creed, like, you know, which was, was it yeah. Black Flag, like spin-off of that. Mm. So it was um, six years ago it was revealed at uh well maybe a little bit more than six years ago it was revealed and, and kind of trailered at um e3 2017 so near seven years now and we can presume it was in development a little bit before it was revealed as well so it's been kicking about a long old time and i actually i've i've played a version of it as well because it was playable for a short while at uh i think it was gamescom i played it at i can't remember now so long ago lads um, but it was uh, so Assassin's 3 came out the only bit of Assassin's 3 people really liked was the sea combat which he did a little bit of and then there was Assassin's Creed Black Flag which was mostly pirating and so then they were gonna was that make the game a... with the stealth se- the, the, the stealth ship sequence I think so yeah where you had we to had follow to... another ship through a swamp Oh, like usual, like following a bloke rules. Yeah. But it was just absolutely farcical because these massive tour ships. <laughs> was there a moment where like the boat paused to like turn around because it was getting <laughs> Yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it just always really tickled me. Hated the sequence. <laughs> uh, that was delayed in 2018. Uh, then in uh, it wasn't always a live service game either. It was going to be like a a game game. Um, so Skull and Bones in 2020 they were like, okay, it's going to be a live service thing because it it was just going to be a sort of team ship fighting thing. Uh, and they've decided to make it a live service game in 2020 because everyone was like, live service, it's the way forward. I don't know if they anticipated how everyone would get live service fatigue so quickly so uh then it was gonna be coming out uh when i don't know they shit canned uh the project lead on it in 2021 then soon after that it was delayed again uh but allegedly now it's coming out uh this is it's sort of sea of thieves but with reasonable human proportions is is that is that the brief i think it's like lower lower smaller scope than Sea of Thieves because it's not really like swashbuckling um it's mo- it is mostly like boat driving I think whenever you get off the boat you can kind of like potter about a bit but you can't you like you can't move you can't get in like sword fights uh you can't like move your character around on the ship I don't think okay um okay so it's less granular I guess yeah you you play the ship Oh, I think. Occasionally, the ship will send out like a humanoid uh, representation of itself onto land uh, to buy food for the ship uh, because the ship has a stamina bar that needs to be refilled. Yeah. Uh, Now, this is selling it to me. (laughs) I'd love if the ship could get like scurvy, but. (laughs) That sounds like a really compelling, like, SCP. Like a living pirate ship where all the pirates are just like pseudopods. <laughs> I read um, uh, some Clive Barker for the first time. I read one of his books of blood and there's a story in it that's really good uh, about these guys that like go on holiday to Italy and they just go into the hills in the countryside and they come across these like two um, sort of neighbouring large towns who like every like decade or so they all, all all the people in the town form into huge like humanoid mechs like whoa like sort of like you know how ants make bridges across water they do that but they become like giant people 
like attack on titan style match so like the eyes are made up of like people bunched together and like the strongest lads are at the bottom because they've got to hold the weight up and they they make you know all the sinews and everything to make a person walk and then that they have to, like, fight yeah it's good and these um, are just two italian towns yeah and then there's that's, it, and it's so all good. about it's about the tragedy of it because one of them like weakens and falls and uh yeah it's great and the other one sort of goes off its rocker collectively it's good ties um, in really nicely with like italian renaissance political philosophy as well about like the body politic and got clive barker wow. you clever bastard <laughs> <laughs> anyway skull and bones is now in open beta um and it's it's launching uh next week or the end of this week i forget i should have prepared this um but yeah alice alice i wrote about it saying continuing their great prank of pretending they plan to release skull and bones ubisoft today launched an <laughs> open beta for their multiplayer open world pirate boat game the free beta will run until sunday night so it's just closed up the open beta um and then uh <laughs> it will be coming out um so you know what else is coming out well in an hour and a half Bloody Deep Rock Galactic Survivor, Early Access, <laughs> what James has oh, reviewed. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, I, I was going to talk about that later. But I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just, it's burst out of my kidneys early. Sorry, I'll pop, pop it back. <laughs> it's, it's, do you store video game excitement with your piss? Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm an advanced mutant. <laughs> yeah. Um, although no, pee is stored in the bladder. Isn't it? Kidneys <laughs> is just like meat. Um, <laughs> oh, the old ways. <laughs> anyway, Skull and Bones is coming out. Well, tomorrow, as you listen to this, reader, on the 16th, um, which is a Friday. And uh, there's still time for it to be delayed again. Delays, obviously, not uncommon. Um, in the past week, we also got news that Homeworld 3 has been delayed until May to incorporate player feedback uh edwin our news editor wrote about it and subsequently felt guilty um because <laughs> he he complained a little bit about uh its controls uh, and he said naturally and self-flatteringly i'm now petrified that i am single-handedly responsible for the delay please come back home world three i didn't mean it although oh. uh he was not alone many players also uh had some reservations about the controls so um and the ui so that's been delayed a little bit. Have um, either of you two played um, much in the home world, Uvra? No, I've that's not, sort no. of your world, isn't it? It is. It's one of my weird blind spots because um, I always, I always fancied the original um, and Deserts of Karak as well was one of theirs, wasn't it? Was that Home World Two, or was it a spin-off? The one with the big, like um, the one that was like June, basically. Um. Oh, I don't know. Well, either way, it looked wicked, and I never got round to playing it. Um, it might be a nice thing to do. No, who am I kidding? I'm going to be playing Deep Rock. <laughs> uh, we've got a last minute delay uh, in the last few weeks. So, part Divinity, part Persona RPG, the Thaumaturge, getting two week delay. Um, which is a a very little. I did a did a little delay. So that's coming out the start of March now. Um, it was originally due to land in December. They pushed it to February the 20th and now they've just pushed it a little bit again. They've kicked the can a tiny bit down the road. Um, can you say said, fairer than that? Two weeks. No, yeah. Reasonable well, said, thing to announce. They've said in this case that they want to give it space so it can be enjoyed the way we believe it deserves. Maybe it feels there's too many other big things coming out. Um, and then we've got the Elden Ring DLC, which is happening, but, you know... Is Major that its DLC? First DLC? Yeah. Uh, Major DLC said to be in the works as From Software looked to support the game in the medium to long term. It's called Shadow of the Erd Tree. Um, just, and, there, and there were rumours that it was coming out um, this month. Uh, but now, you know, they've not really said anything and they're just sort of... Yeah, so... Delays not uncommon at all Com continually like announcing a game is about to come out and then delaying it and then sort of reworking it and then revealing it again and then delaying it again 
much more uncommon, I would say. Mm. I mean, James, can yeah. you remember anything comparable to the, the skull and bones process? I mean, def- definitely not. Although skull and bones is a very unique example um, in terms of like why it hasn't just been canned. Because, so a few years ago, there's a, there a Kotaku report um, that cited, I think, developers on Skull and Bones. It's apparently because of a deal Ubisoft made with the Singaporean government, in which they'd get some supposedly quite generous subsidies in exchange for, one, hiring a certain number of people at Ubisoft Singapore, and two, actually shipping a major game within a certain <laughs> amount of years. So they are, in fact legally obligated to release Skull and Bones. <laughs> that sounds like or, a load of bull and scones to me. Or, or else they'd be in trouble with the, with the Republic of Singapore. But, like, how many years is within a certain number of years? Because, like, they're surely butting on the upper limit of that at this stage. Like... And why, if it's the case that they have to put it out, and Eve, by the way, has referred to it as, like, a quadruple-A game, which is clearly... Uh, stretches credulity and he tries that every so often he likes bringing out the fourth a sometimes <laughs> <laughs> don't make me but bring out the fourth a <laughs> i will turn this a around <laughs> but uh if that's the case why didn't they just bring it out one of the many times that they have had the chance to bring it out do you know yeah, yeah i don't know so, got a lot of leeway <laughs> You know what's happened with the Wiley e. Coyote film that is going to be shelved and deleted for tax reasons for a tax yes. write-off? Yeah. Has that happened with games yet? Um, I mean, yeah. Well, I don't know specifically for like tax reasons, but uh, with all the kind of closures and firings and stuff, like the the Deus Ex game that was in development has been uh, shit canned. Uh, Last Effects is tweeted about it there's that hyenas game as well that got cancelled recently that looks yep. almost finished but it's not at least happening for tax reasons yet i don't i don't know of any game that has been finished and ready to go and then been you know trashed i haven't heard of that it may well have happened it might have been because we might not have heard about the game do you know yeah yeah um, i feel I've... so bad for wily coyote i know yeah they were never good. Didn't they ask for like seventy-five million or something from Netflix? Which is yeah, and it was a stupid like auction process as well, where they weren't taking second offers. Oh, grr! Someone leak it. Someone has it. <laughs> Please. Please God. Um, but yeah, so I played the original incarnation of Skull and Bones when it was like a, a kind of multiplayer not a live service but just like a you know having fun on the sea mm. <laughs> exploding stuff and it was very it was basically just like the combat from uh, assassin's creed 4 so there wasn't really a lot added on then i wrote up the kind of preview revealy business um that they did a few years back a few years back a couple of years back um that was. I see if I can find it because I'm. I'm having a vague memory now that maybe like they said we couldn't write it up because they were delaying. Oh no, I think I did write it up, but everyone said this looks absolute shit, lads. Because <laughs> uh, the UI was the busiest thing that you've seen in your whole life. Yeah, a year ago. So <laughs> I had a hands-off preview. There was a hands-off preview for press. Um, in summer 2022, so like a couple, a year and a half ago, basically, uh, where they were like, it's out this November in 2022. <laughs> uh, and it looked so busy and so kind of, you know, just Sea of Thieves without any jokes and just so much going on that and everyone said that and then they just delayed it again. So like it, it has been so close to like coming out so many times, and if it is just for a legal obligation, just like kick it out then, like get it out the door, because there's so many man hours working on it, you know. Yeah. Gross. I don't know. Edged by pirates. If you were legally obligated to make a game, what would you make right now? What? How long have I got? 
Apparently 10 years. Say, <laughs> <laughs> will I be funded for the 10 years? If I have to produce a game in 10 years and I'm like paid a living wage to do yeah. that. Yeah. What would you make? James Grant, International Battering Ram of Misery. Is it is it a heartbreaking visual novel from the point of view of the battering ram? No, it's Lord a sleazy early nineties point <laughs> and click where you seduce socialites in the guise of Grand, the battering ram from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I like the idea of like the cover art being like Grand but in like a, a suit. <laughs> It's got like, horrible leisure suit Larry vibes, hasn't it? But like the suit is kind of strapped round the huge bulk of the um... <laughs> Just draped over the frame. All the ogres pushing him have got tuxes. Speaking of huge bulk, by the way, this is not related to <laughs> skull and bones. But um the um deconstruct team did a, a tarot game. I'm writing it up as my news post today. They did a tarot game called The Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood, which Edwin really liked and has, has written about on the website. Uh, and just in time for Valentine's Day, it now has an official dildo that you can win. <laughs> what, IRL? Yeah, an IRL dildo. And it is, uh, you'll pardon the pun, fucking massive. <laughs> in the words oh. of... An Irish rugby coach talking to the French team that he coaches say fucking enorm. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's themed around like the kind of, you know, giant cosmic deity that is in the game. But it's about, I would say, two and a half Coke cans high. <laughs> That's a very difficult assignment, yeah. And it's all purple and gold and stuff. But uh, what a treat for Valentine's Day. <laughs> that is, that's very auspicious and appropriate. Yeah, and you'd think if, you know, an indie team can bring out a dildo in time for Valentine's Day, surely the combined might of Ubisoft's could release the game. <laughs> what would you make, James, if you had to make a game? You've got 10 years of noodling about. Oh, wow. Uh, I'd... I'd just make a new Dare Sex game and then I'd hire Elias Dufexis so he doesn't have to be sad on Twitter. Oh, that's lovely. That's a much more human answer than mine. Congrats. <laughs> also, I'd be, like, I'd be like the hero who saved yes, Dare Sex. So <laughs> exactly. And I think both of those games have a great chance of getting massive funding on, for example, Kickstarter, but for very different reasons. So <laughs> good work. <laughs> all right we'll move on for talking about games that are allegedly coming out to games that are out now already and that we've been playing so james you've already we've trailed what you've been playing this week do you want to tell us about it yeah so i pl- i played the early access build for deep rock galactic survivor which is out which well is out now uh by the time it's, a, <laughs> it's actually out in one hour and two minutes uh, from the time of speaking. Uh, Nate is very excited, uh, and he should be because it's a, it's a great game. It's um so this this is kind of like the for those who don't know this is kind of like a vampire survivors style auto, auto shooter bullet heaven whatever you want to call it uh, based on Deep Rock Galactic. So you are a dwarf, a uh, space dwarf. You get sent down into the mines of an alien planet to extract all its uh, valuable resources and kill a load of giant arachnid bugs. Um, and it's just really, really <laughs> tightly designed. Like as a spin-off, it works really well because, like, an auto shooter is all about this kind of, I don't know. But like because the input is so simple, right? You like you literally just move around, like it's a kind of single stick wazd only type thing. It kind mm-hmm. of these games kind of live and die on how satisfying like the visual and audio aspects are. And Deep Rock Galactic kind of like already has like does a really good job of that. Like e- even even pickaxing 
like some gemstones out of a wall in deep bulk just sounds really like nate will know this like it sounds really like chunky but also like has a nice little twinkle to it um, yes it you know like how really good haptic feedback on a con uh, console controller feels it's like that for yeah. years yeah exactly yeah and that so that translates like perfectly into um like a survivor's like where you're just constantly like <laughs> the, the guns are constantly firing and minerals are constantly being flying in, um, out of the earth and Mad Max Fury Road, where the guy, the blind guy with the Kalashnikovs, like, shouts about singing a symphony of destruction. I can't remember the quote, but he gets very excited about the sound of gunfire. And that's that's the exact emotion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's lovely. (laughs) It was a funny one, because the demo sucked me in with the theme, um, and then... Yeah, just texturally, I absolutely loved it. <laughs> it's the love affair I did not expect this year, but um, it will be consummated in one hour and one minute on this Valentine's Day. Uh, we will record live. <laughs> <laughs> the noises that Nate makes. <laughs> so seven thumbs up for Deep Rock Galactic Survivor. Very good. Um, Nate, what have you been playing you can't say anticipating. <laughs> well, funnily enough, getting jazzed for that uh, made me pick up Hades again. Because um, although that's in, in no way a bullet heaven, um, you know, it's 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 I- I- incremental min-maxing with Wazda. So, you know, I, I, I guess it's got that in common. I have to say, I did find it quite hard to get back into and actually had to start a new run. Um, which I hadn't expected because uh, it's probably been 18 months since I'd played it last uh, and I just it it was quite upsetting in a way because I remember leaving it at a point where I was really invested in I, I was picking up like little golden honey drinks to give to various gods to make them tell me their backstories but I couldn't really remember how it all worked so I just started <laughs> again and felt kind of bummed out Aww. oh no <laughs> It's okay in an hour, I'll, I'll have a new friend. But yeah, no, it's it's weird. For a game that was so um such a fluid dopamine deliverer at the time, I was surprised by by how I just stepped into a rake really trying to get back in. Hmm. It it does happen, I think, sometimes. But you know, we grow up uh and we change. Just as I used to only really like sort of very sweet curries. Now, you know, I, I like... Have you become a, a Rogan Josh monster now? No, I still have a very little baby mouth. And also I've got Crohn's disease. So if I eat anything too hot, then uh, I basically can't, you know, move for a day afterwards. But um, uh, I now like the kind of more tomato-y, onion-y kind of stuff. You know, taste buds change Can and taste brains like change. Sack? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I just love to say that. <laughs> uh i have been playing well i've been playing a couple of things i've been playing grand blue grand blue fantasy relink um again because it's now it's out it's more stable uh played a lot more i'm writing my review up now it's a game it's an arpg well not an arpg a jrpg similar vowel sounds um that kind of does all the sort of tropes that you'd expect so you know like chosen one save the world uh anachronistic sunglasses cat boys um men wielding halberds the size of a house um all the but classics. it's very it's very charming it's very kind of rule of cool basically um the combat is very it, it's um a game geared towards kind of i think playing with your mates and playing in co-op because there's a lot of opportunities to like trigger uh, you know attacks together and um things like that and the combat system is the deepest thing in it but you can still get by but just sort of not really understanding it and hammering hammering away and i will say even though a million people have bought it now i find it very hard to like match make uh i don't know if everyone has had the same experience but i would say probably have some friends that you play relink with kind of thing um but it's fun and then i've also been playing banishers colon ghosts of new eden which is don't nod's new 
game and I've said in my review I sort of feel I know I know don't it's a joke don't explain to me that there are different creative teams within the studio but I've said in the <laughs> review it's, it sort of feels like don't nod make their like teen angst anthologies in order to fund making a kind of goth tragedy game <laughs> sort of five years. <laughs> so they did vampire uh about five years ago which uh i enjoyed a lot of the kind of you know creative aspects of it but the combat was a bit rubs uh and now they've done banishes and i've fucking really enjoyed banishes lads what manner I really of liked it, it. So Banishers is, is I, I've elevator pitched it as sort of like Uncharted, but you find and replace treasure with ghosts. Uh, okay. So it's a kind of swashbuckling adventure uh, where the, the, the lead is actually, there are co-leads and they're, in fairness, very different to the Uncharted brothers. But it, it's, third person action adventure is set in like 1695 in um, what will be New England. And it's uh, a you. It's in an alternate version of the the world where ghosts are observably real, and thus. What do you people... mean alternate, Alice? Whoa. The ghost has popped up there for a second, um, and so banishing, like getting rid of ghosts, is a job for like freelancers. Basically, you go from town to town, and off, you know, like armies will have a banisher that travels with them to sort of stop that problem before it starts and all that kind of stuff. So, kind um, of like, have you seen Lockwood and Company? That kind of. Business. I have not seen it, but I will assume yes. Um, yeah. And so these two banishers, uh, Andrea, uh, Antea, sorry. And uh, Red, Antea is like the very experienced banisher and Red is like her sort of trainee and he's he's working in the field. They turn up to this town, New Eden, because there's a big ghost wreck in the gaff. And uh, then immediately, and this isn't a spoiler, it's the basis for the game, immediately Red walks into a really obvious trap uh, and Antea dies and oh, she no. comes back as an ghost. So you then have to basically like work your, you you end up quite far from New Eden, the town in the area, and you work your way back to New Eden to fight the ghost. And on the way, you deal with other ghosts and kind of bosses in the area because there are three sort of settlements around New Eden which have have major hauntings going on, and they all feed back into the main nightmare ghost. Uh, but at the same time, you also have to decide what you're going to do about Antea because you can either try to resurrect her or you can be like, look, when we get there, I'll banish you and let you kind of move on. Um, and this therein is the moral choice system that don't nod are very fond of because with each haunting case, you do a little investigation and it will be like the one they've used as an example, right? Is you knock up in this... Uh, it's hunter's camp which is trying to survive in the forest there's a big monster and the local blacksmith is um it's he's disappeared he's walked off into the forest and his wife is like can you figure out what's going on and uh you turn up you look through the house and you spot the signs of like a ghost and then you kind of um find paperwork and stuff you know inviting it the blacksmith is like a good protestant to come to the new world and then you go rescue him from some wolves and you're like you would do it you were doing the hail mary you're not a protestant and all this kind of stuff and you figure out what's actually going on and then always at the end of every haunting there's the option to a blame uh, the living person involved where and that means you murder them <laughs> basically yeah. uh and hoover up their their life force to give to Antea. Or B, you get rid of the ghost. And there are sub... I didn't really talk about this in my review because I kind of didn't have time. But actually, um, the review on Polygon, which is also glowing, uh, talks about it. Um, and in relation to how it deals with like social issues and race and things, where you can um, give the ghost their ascension, which is like letting them move on peacefully and like go to implied heaven. Or you can banish them where you basically just like, you know, burn them up by grabbing their heart from the inside out. And then they go to like an endless torturous void for all eternity. To what extent could I play and pretend it existed in the same extended continuity as BBC sitcom Ghosts? I feel like it would be possible. 
It's a very distant prequel. <laughs> so I, but I, I could consider it to be one. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but like, I almost never banished the ghosts because I, I sort of felt like, you know, unless someone is like, oh no, I think I'm being haunted by like Jez the nonce, like. It feels a bit like hardcore to like sentence a ghost to hell for eternity for, you know. Um... So you can be rabidly pro-ghost. Yeah, but also the, uh, so the example that the Polygon article uses, which is a, a good one, and it's an example of how kind of, the, I think the writing is kind of the best thing. Um, there, you you go to this fort and there's a, a shop in the fort, and they sell stuff. Um, and it is owned by a black guy, and he's being haunted by the former mistress owner of the fort, and uh, of the shop even. And you're like, what's going on? And the the ghost of the lady is like, oh, we were in love and stuff. Uh, uh, but she neglects to uh, say that actually he was her slave, and she owned him. And he didn't love her, but like he he didn't have really an option to say that he didn't. Um, and if you give her her ascension, because like you know, she was like, oh, I didn't know. I'm sorry. You know, I understand or whatever. He will be annoyed because he's like, what the fuck? Quite reasonably with you, yeah. Like, he will be annoyed with you. Um, whereas if you banish her, he'll be like, you know, he feels heard. Um, so there are some surprising and like inventive haunting cases. There's one where like a lady is haunted by the ghost of her future self, who's sort of been sent back in time by regret, essentially stuff like that. So this is in like colonial era America, right? Yeah. It's a very new settlement. So it's North America before the USA exists. So does it deal with Native American ghosts as well? Not really. Um, there, there are a couple of native. I'm not trying to gotcha but... it or anything. Just like that is a hugely interesting potential direction for it yeah. To go in. They didn't really. They've sidestepped it a little bit potentially. Um, because they've said like the natives have long since kind of moved on, um, and they didn't really settle in the area because it's too spooky anyway. Um, okay. Yeah. I so, mean, that was are... often the, the the case that like colonists lived in the areas that were literally no one else wanted. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's possible. So, there, but there are some native, a couple of native characters in there, um, and then uh, it, as is the case with games like this, often like the most obvious rat bastards that you feel comfortable killing would be the ones who are most useful to the community. So, like, I don't know, this woman poisoned the baker, but if you kill her and blame her, then there will be she she won't take over his job as the baker, which was her plan. So there will be no baker for the community, you know. Um, whereas if you help the communities out a lot, they kind of become more stable and more prosperous, and they grow, and you can go back and like the hunters' camp in the forest has become like a little town, and things like that. Is it open worldy like The Witcher, um, where you yes. can go back to these places at will? Yeah, yeah, it's quite a big open world as well, surprisingly big. This sounds very good, Alice. It's really fun. The combat's fun as well because you fight as both of them. So you fight ghosts and as Red, who's a very like quiet, softly spoken, quiet, but like very openly emotional. Like he's a very endearing character. And then Andrea, Antea, I keep saying Andrea. Antea is like, um, she's more kind of confident and a little bit more... um, She's less emotional. She's more like morally black and white. They have to deal with her being dead and, you know, reckon with like the choice that they have to make at the end. Um, And it's really engaging. It made me cry. I cried quite a lot when I was playing it. Um, This is a good time. How long have you finished it? I have finished it. I spent about 40 hours doing it. You can get quite different endings as well. Yeah, I spent 40 hours like doing as many haunting cases and stuff as I could because I sort of was like, I don't want these two to have to part and stuff. Um, But uh, you could probably do it in about 20 if you just zipped through because the combat is fun. You switch between them and like Red um, uses his sword and whacks like uh, ghosts. But Antea is more uh, she's got like special powers so she uh ghost powers so she does like aoe crowd control stuff and is more effective against ghosts when they're possessing wolves and skeletal things and stuff 
and um she like you could switch between them at the the tap of a button so it it works very well but it's not like very hugely challenging i would say it's not like a souls like you're not gonna get a massive challenge out of it so you can zip through it quite quickly i think if you want and visually what what would you say it reminded you of oh yeah i mean visually it's it's um it's quite don't noddy so it's, it's kind of dark and a bit dripping and wet and uh like vampire uh, but like pine, like sort of um, the pine foresty bits at the start of Life is Strange Two and things like that, because um, it's it's the north, so it's you know Massachusetts area, I guess. Um, so it's really it's it's it was great. I had a great time with it. But it is I it is unironically about like the power of love, you know. So that's not going to gel with some people. If it's it's very earnest about that. But I thought it was I'm all into earnesty. I think that's a good time. Good word, earnesty. I like that. <laughs> James, it seems to me like it might be a good day to wear hard. Well, Alice, how would you feel if I started talking about a USB stick? Perplexed. <laughs> mm. Well, it's just it, there, there's not again. There's not been much on this week except um, Nvidia launched their uh, like chat with RTX chatbot, which works on like gaming graphics cards. But I can't I bring saw myself that. to be yeah. interested in that or talk about that. Um, Tell me about but... the stick, James. <laughs> well, it's I'm called... intrigued. <laughs> well, I I, thought, I just thought it was funny. Cause it, it, so it's called the. Oh, it's called the Overdriver USB. That's Overdriver without the first E. Um, it's just fulfilled its crowdfunding goal on crowdsupply.com. And it's the most wonderfully yet questionably Mission Impossible USB stick I've ever seen. Because, one, to actually read the data on it, you have to do a, like a secret Masonic handshake thing by very quickly inserting and removing and inserting it into your PC three times in a row. And that's the what only way. The can hell? I, that's the only way you can access the data. So anyone who like steals it, say, will naturally just put it in once. Nothing happens. Now I think it's broken. So you know it's safe. But the real party piece is that at your command, you can have it invert the voltage supply, which raises the internal temperature to one hundred degrees Celsius, destroying it. What? This is the most sinister. <laughs> device. You have to <laughs> fuck your computer with it to access it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't. Who's it's, this for? I, I think it's it's you know privacy nerds who think they'll have their identity stolen if someone steals their Elden Ring backup saves. I guess. I mean, is it very cheap? No, it's like sixty nine dollars for an eight an eight gigabyte model, which is actually like I, I'm fairly sure I've. I've I've stolen eight gigabyte USBs from like stands. At I'm so, for that price, I would want the interior to have some weed in it. So at least when you combust <laughs> it, you can at least smoke your data. <laughs> no, no, I, I mean, I, I think it, in, in a way it's cool. It's weird, but it's cool. Um, I admittedly don't have anything. I don't personally keep anything on, on USB drives that I'd be willing to immolate my own hardware to protect. Um, <laughs> It's all like Windows installers, my old university Word documents. But I do, I do wonder though: is if the method for inducing the self-destruct is so like simple technologically, could it be applied to other circuitry-based hardware products? Maybe not. Maybe not as like a data protection measure, but you could use it as like parental controls. <laughs> so, if, so, it, so if if you like, if you don't want your kid playing Poppy Playtime for more than an hour more than an hour ago you could say all right well if you don't go off i'm gonna raise the temperature of your laptop uh and then you press the button it goes to like 80 85 90 this is the last chance until they either acquiesce or it detonates in their hands or a vr game where you're like you're in an escape pod in a space battle and like it's plunging into a planetary atmosphere but the coolant system isn't working and you've got to, it's like an escape room where you've got to flail with cables and like get various sort of <laughs> incomprehensible di diegetic instruments 
uh, in alignment or your computer just fucking <laughs> slags itself. <laughs> and like you would see it like flickering and shutting down from within the game <laughs> and smell the smoke. Like, like for millionaires, that would be very cool. Yeah, because that's that's some Elon bait. If you can't do <laughs> if you can't do you die in the game, you die in real life. Then I guess yeah, you die in the game. Your computer explodes would be the next best thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. It is pretty. Although I feel like the the Venn diagram of people who think they need it and people who actually need it wouldn't overlap that much. Possibly. Mm. Who would need it? I don't know. Government people, actual spies, oh, yeah. yeah. James Groms. <laughs> James Groms. <laughs> he puts all his nudes. <laughs> They're all like eighty gigabyte JPEGs because he's so big. <laughs> Let's quickly go now to the Tower of Jocularity. Nate, ooh, how's ooh, the tower ooh. looking? It's spick and span, actually. Well, I say that it's rammed with very silly animals. Um, yeah, uh, some of them are quite threatening, actually. I- I'm not going to lie. Uh, and I-, I don't know what franchise they've come from. Um, half of the animals in here are pals from the game Power World. Uh, the other are things that I've manifested uh, or my unconscious has manifested uh, and named. So I'm going to... What would you like me to do? Would you like me to introduce them to you one by one? And you can try and sniff out the fakes? Or would you like to... We can identify whether they're a genuine pal. Yeah. Do you want me to describe the whole group? And you can you can look yeah. at them. Which one do you want to do? Do you, do you want to take you through the whole set? Yeah? Can we do the whole set and then maybe we can ask them to step forward and we'll... You know, give them some some extra questioning. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so you've got, um, and just to, uh, to to give you a little window into my process here, all I've got in each instance is the name and a picture. Um, so whether it's real or fake, I'll be I'll have to be on my toes. Okay. So we've got um, this sort of lumpen. Uh, so elephant looking thing dragging a club called a tape ogre. Um we've got kind of what I can only describe as Johnny Sins playing Pikachu, uh called Grisbolt. <laughs> um there's a very vacant looking tall teal sort of sauropod called Relaxorus. Um a regal insect called Elizabeth. Uh, what appears to be a hippo with rotating teeth called Ripotamus. Um, okay. There's a sort of shamanistic looking cloaked uh, sheep or goat thing called Goatesque. So I'm going to guess goat. Uh, two cephalopods now. Uh, you've got um, a sort of long orange octopus uh, with a number of guns called Glocktopus. <laughs> uh, and you've got Kilimari, which seems to be a sort of melee-oriented squid. Uh, then you've got a furtive... Uh, what is this? Like a pair of sneaky eyes peering out of a spiral shell called Scammonite. Okay. And then a wise-looking owl called Hucrates. And that's the menagerie. So which of these five fuckers can I banish back to Power World? Okay, sorry. Can we go... Uh, Glocktopus... And Kilimari separate, or are they being treated as one? They are separate. Um, they worry me because they've got a very similar theme. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I think Gloctopus is is a, a Nate construct. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can we get rid of <laughs> get rid of Gloctopus right now? <laughs> yeah, Gloctopus is one of mine. Congrats. <laughs> I, I I know I know Power World likes to play the legally distinct thing uh, quite close to the line. But I don't think they'd have an actual brand name of a weapons manufacturer. <laughs> yeah, because they'd have to fucking pay for it. You can yeah. only do that if you call a duty. Okay. Good, good, excellent sleuthing. I feel like I've seen the word Hucrates in a Power World guide. <laughs> really? Because I was Poss- on the basis that that is also a terrible pun. I was like, that, that feels Nate flavored. 
It's not even a pun. That's why I like it so much. It's just the noise an owl makes in a philosopher. I think. I think that's. A, I think that's. I'm gonna. I think that's a pal. Is that a pal? It's a pal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm missing some of the. Can we go to the start? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the uh, the lumbering trunk snouted tape ogre. Yeah. Uh, you've got the horrible smiled sort of ripped Pikachu Grizzbolt. I think that I think Grizzbolt is real because I think he was quite front and center with the marketing, wasn't he? James, do you have a memory uh, of it? Is oh, is it like the big yellow one that's always wielding a minigun? Yeah, and oh and, yeah, I think uh, also be... by the way. Uh, revealing a lot about ourselves that when Nate said a sort of Johnny Sins, that none of us were like, who's Johnny Sins? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got him. He is indeed a pal. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. So you're three for three so far. Um, good job. And then there was a, a regal bee. Yeah, called Elizabeth. Now that's Ooh. Quite a good pun. Not even a pun, as you say, but like. Does it resemble the late Rest of the Soul, um, Elizabeth II? I would honestly say more Elizabeth I, actually. Okay. In what, in what makes... way? What, what are we basing this on? Sure. It's got kind of, um, well, if you'll forgive, a beehive hairdo, I think. I'm looking at quite a small JPEG here. Definitely sort of, it's ginger coded, I would say. Ginger coated. Okay. <laughs> I think that I think that might be a pal. Can we put a question mark in because I want to ask about the lumpen the first guy. What was his name? Tape ogre. Like a cross between a tapir and an ogre, is that the Yes, a Malayan tapir by the look of it, because it's black and white. You know how they look kind of like a cross between a pig and a nappy and a battenberg cake? Yeah. It's got that kind of colour scheme. And like two little Cyril Sneer ears on top of its head. I'm not sure about that because Nate likes ogres. <laughs> I do love ogres. <laughs> it's true. I quite like tapirs too. I'm honestly not sure. Like the way, the way he described it made me think it was maybe a bit too similar to um, a mammoth looking um, pal that I, I know actually yeah. is in the game. <laughs> So that's that's Ripotamus starting up over there. I think Ripotamus is a, is a Nate one. <laughs> I think Tape Ogre is fake, and I think Nate is desperately trying to make us move on to something else. So oh, okay, <laughs> okay, we're we'll making go... noises. Okay, should we go tape? Should we go tape over fake tape yeah. over? Take over? Kick yeah, tape over. Me so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> tape Ogre is one of mine. Okay. okay, so that leaves you with Relaxorus, Elizabeth, Ripotamus, Gotesque, Kilimari, and Scamonite. I think Gotesque is too shit a pony, even for Power World. Really? <laughs> a bit I of a it was goat. Pretty good. <laughs> what, you would uh, think it was uh, pretty good because you invented it. <laughs> Do you think Elizabeth is real, James? Oh, Elizabeth could go either way. I think Kil I think Kilimari is a pal. Okay, let's say Kilimari is a pal. Based on a pure hunch. You're correct. You got it. Yeah, oh, that's nice. a pal. Yeah. Well, you're halfway through. I'm impressed. Okay, let's, let's say Elizabeth is. I let's say Elizabeth is a pal. Elizabeth is a pal. It is. Oh. Wow. Okay. We're doing all right. So who, who's who's left? Who's left? So out of the following four, one of these is a pal. Relaxorus, Ripotamus, Gotesque, and Scamonite. I think you're right in that Gotesque is made up because that's sort of three, that's several levels of pun. I initially, I initially thought it might be Ripopotamus because I don't know if Nate would be bothered to look up the actual, like, calls of, <laughs> of pal world pals. <laughs> Before he did an impression of one, although maybe maybe he's maybe he's just making that up, to, <laughs> making that individual quality up to throw us off. Can I ask you to describe Gotesque, Nate? Yeah, it's like it's not clear whether it's a sheep or a goat, but it's that sort of long face with a bit of fluff at the top. It's got like a a blue robe and tentacles coming out where the arm should. Okay, that's bollocks. That's fake. That's <laughs> <laughs> what? 
kept adding shit. You can't just be like, Alice got tentacles. <laughs> Laser guns in a force field. <laughs> okay, go tasks one of mine. Yeah. It goes to school in Canada, does it? <laughs> okay. All right, you've got a one in three chance. Okay, tell me about Relaxorus. Uh, so it's just kind of a dim-looking, teal-coloured sauropod. Um, it's got some flowers kind of growing out of it. It might be nature-type pal. I don't know. I don't know anything about pals. Okay. So from this, we know... I can tell you it's not Depresso, by the way. There is a pal called Depresso, who I love. Okay. <laughs> Relaxorus, okay. I, th- I think that could be a pal. Oh, that could be a pal. Okay, tell me about Scammonite. So it's just, you know, like an ammonite shell? Yeah. It's like one of those with like a little purple bandana around the opening and a couple of sneaky eyes, like in shadow. And R- Ripopotamus? Ripopotamus? So it's kind of a big purple hippopotamus with a thousand yard stare and like little jagged teeth. In what way does it have a thousand yard stare? Its pupils aren't kind of aligned. Um, it, it looks like it's looking through you. Okay. And what, is it holding anything or like what? No, it's just sort of bursting out of the dark. Okay, so why did you make a sort of chainsaw noise earlier when you were trying to distract us, Nate? Because the teeth spin round. Okay, all right. Okay, so I'm saying... Sorry, update on Relaxorus. (laughs) You're doing it again! (laughs) Repotamus is fake! Repotamus is fake! Repotamus is fake. (laughs) I was just going to say, Relaxorus just appears to have sort of dark bands on it rather than plants. Okay. Just to be... Can I ask how much you know about Pokemon? Did, like, did you play it or did you just do a bit of Pokemon Snap when that was popular? Uh, I played Red and Blue way back in the day. Okay. Describe to me Scammonite again. So it's like an Ammonite shell. Yeah. But it's got like a purple bandana or a headscarf around like the opening. And the opening's dark inside. But there's these two little like sneaky purple eyes uh, like looking out. It, mm, it, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. So the co- the concept is like it's an untrustworthy fossil. Uh, I don't know what the law is behind it. My personal head canon, based on the name and the picture, is that it's something else living in an ammonite shell. So it's not an ammonite, I guess. Okay. Or it could just be an untrustworthy mollusk. Like I said, I wish I wrote the backstory to these things. And looking at the Relaxorus, actually describing it as a, a sauropod, it's got more the posture of an obese therazinosaurazine. Uh, therazinosaurus. Okay, I don't know what that is. It's the, uh, it's the guy I'm... with the big hands from the last Jurassic Park film. Oh, all right, in... okay. I'm inclined to go for this one as a fake one just because Nate likes his dinosaurs. I do. He does like he his can, dinosaurs. He can confound us with his superior dinosaur knowledge. That's true. What's it going to be? Is it going to be Relaxorus or Scammonite? Both the... Notice we've ended up in the dregs of paleontology here, either way. Yeah. I I know that we've done really well up until now, but I feel like this is how we either win or lose here, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all or nothing. The winner takes it all. Oh, I think Relaxorus oh. is fake. I was leaning Scammonite. This is this is one of the best Ooh. towers ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, Who's your I was, pal? I was, I was questioning him so closely on Scammonite, but I'll go with you, James. We'll I'll, we'll go with Relaxorus. Okay. Have, you, have, you, have you played Power World, Alice? No, not at all. No. Okay, I've, I've I've played like a couple of hours. Okay, well, so like, yeah, not, right, then, yeah. I don't, I don't claim like specialist knowledge. Do you remember seeing like a, a sort of blue dinosaur? No, none at all. Do you you drive seeing... the sacred alga into Relaxorus's skull. <laughs> <laughs> Only pixels bleed forth. For the Relaxorus was a real pal. Oh no! Behind oh, you, no. Scammonite gives a pathetic <laughs> chuckle. <laughs> 
swipes up your belongings and identities before he can reverse the voltage and incinerate them on your memory sticks. Uh, I'm afraid your identities belong to Scamonite now and thus to me. Please leave the tower. <laughs> okay, oh, no. that, that's my bad. <laughs> Thank you, Nate, for uh, stealing our identities. I can no longer say I'm Alice Bell. I'm just a person. Um, and that is the end of this week's episode of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast, season three, episode six. Uh, and all that remains now is for some recommendations, because every week we recommend something that isn't a video game. Uh, so, James, what are you recommending this week? Uh, I'm recommending the Netflix K-drama, uh, a killer paradox um maybe specifically the first half of it it kind of goes off the rails a bit but it's quite it's, it's quite it's quite like well not fun uh but interesting and visually like very well shot it's about a it's about a guy in korea who sort of accidentally murders a couple of people and it turns out that they themselves were murderers and then he thinks oh actually maybe i maybe i should keep going with this um as you um, would, yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you like UK dramas? Not really, no. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, oh god, I say that, I say that like I think they're all crap. No, I, I don't like, <laughs> I don't seek them out. It's just, um, I don't know. Okay. Whenever, whenever yeah. something pops up, or if my fiance wants to watch something, then we will. But... No, just because Ashley feasts on K dramas, so I end up osmosing a fair amount of knowledge about what the decent ones are. If you wanted further recommendations. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, let, let me ever know if you want to walk further into that dark cave. Should watch subs or dubs. <laughs> I don't know what she's watching at the moment, actually. A lot of it seems to involve foxes masquerading as men and goblins. But they're not goblins, they're more handsome men. <laughs> <laughs> they're the handsome men masquerading as men. <laughs> Just oceans the of dastards. very slightly <laughs> mythological twinks. It's great. <laughs> uh, I'm going to recommend a newsletter called Today in Tabs. Um, I'm increasingly consuming the internet via newsletters, so I don't have to do any work. Today in Tabs is one such. Um, it just collects a loads of links to stuff that's happening. It's principally uh, the United States stuff, but uh, links to articles and stuff and things going on. And I find it uh, interesting and I don't always agree with all the specifics of everything it kind of says, but it's generally, you know, uh, left-leaning, socialist-y, but also sort of like uh, online millennial-y. So it will sort of explain if there's stuff trending on Twitter and being referenced and you kind of don't get what's happening, it will know what is happening, which is good and useful. Um, So yeah, today in tabs, uh, I will link to the sign up in the show notes uh nate what are you going to recommend this week uh the works of sergey rachmaninoff um i yeah just been listening to a bunch of russian classical music recently been on a big big one with masorgsky um and now yeah been listening to a load of rachmaninoff this week um and it's great writing music. Uh, a lot of it's quite heavy, actually. Um, yeah, weirdly, it, it, it pleases me as someone who enjoys metal um, while having quite a lot of, um, you know, calm piano bits as well. I'm no good talking about music, but it's good. Listen. <laughs> the vibes are good. Yeah, the vibes are uh- cracking. Lovely. Thank you, gang. And thank you, listener, for joining us for this episode of the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. You can find Rock Paper Shotgun on all of the social medias, living and dead. And you can email us at podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. And you can also join the Discord, the Rock Paper Shotgun Discord. The link is in the show notes. There's a room for talking about the podcast, but there's also a place for just hanging out, talking about games, finding games uh, to play with people. It's all great. Uh, and of course, for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. But for now, it is goodbye from me 
And I spell, ah, I'm not out of spell anymore. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from that other guy. Well. And me, Alice Bell. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>